It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, three. There you go. Just three. Oh, wow. Sorry. As this game is going on, he's feeling it, and you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, awesome, baby, with a cap of the line. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us here on this middle of the work week, hump day. It is a Wednesday. Glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Today, we got more college basketball to talk about. Hit some NBA as well, too. Got a little basketball royalty in the house today, Chicago style, Chicago basketball royalty. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us, the five-time NBA champ, three as a player, two as a coach, as you know. B.J. Armstrong, his former teammate, three-time champ with the Chicago Bulls. He will join us, as will Hersey Hawkins, the old sharpshooter, 12-year NBA career, the former All-Star, and again, pride of Westinghouse High in Chicago, and of course, Bradley University. We got a little Bradley connection this week, don't we? We got Jimmy Les yesterday, Hersey Hawkins. Who knew that Bradley makes such an appearance on the show? And Numchuck, very happy about that, Mr. Brad. Did you? Uh, <laughs> silly, silly question for me to ask you if you went to Bradley. I mean, I, I don't think you could get in Bradley. Bradley's a fine <laughs> institution, right? Are you asking me seriously? Yeah, you no. could, you could not get into Bradley, could you? Exactly. Not Do, a but you know where Bradley's at. Yes. You know their colors. I have partied there many times. You have partied there many times. <laughs> no choice good for something. That's about it. The party capital of the world. Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. Maybe we'll ask Hersey about that. What is the party capital of the world in, in Illinois all about there? Very nice. All right. Um <laughs> All right. Yeah, Hersey Hawkins uh, is, is going to join us as well today. Chuck Esposito will join us uh, over at Red Rock. So uh, action-packed slam show once again. As you know, we've been hitting all aspects of the NCAA basketball tournament with the five tournaments here in Las Vegas. And uh, last night, the WCC concludes um, – to its finale, which we fully expected to happen, uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs exacted revenge on St. Mary's, winning by 13. Oh, by the way, guess what the point spread was in that game? That would be 13. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it depends on when you got it, uh, if, if you covered or not or what. But uh, that game last night, uh, St. Mary's hung around uh, for quite some time. Then uh, Gonzaga kind of put the pedal to the metal uh, to him uh, towards the end there. Uh, I was I love going to this game each and every year. And I say this game because we know that the WCC final basically is is a ritual that it's Gonzaga and St. Mary's year in and year out. But yeah, obviously I couldn't go because I was doing the play by play last night at the Big West Championships over at the brand new facility there in Henderson at the uh, Dollar Loan Center. And uh, I, I will say that Dollar Loan Center is very nice. Uh, Eighty four million dollars. And, of course, it's going to be the home to the Silver Knights on the hockey side. And you can definitely see where Bill Foley had an imprint on this arena because it is definitely built for hockey and also arena football 
with the Henderson Silverhawks, right? Or the Nighthawks, I'm sorry. The Silver, yeah. The, <laughs> so I got silver in my mind. I got gold. I got silver in my mind. But yeah, the uh, Henderson Nighthawks for the Arena Football League team. So you can see that that is going to uh, fit very nicely in there. And the reason why I bring that up is every time that you go to a postseason basketball tournament, if you're a player or a coach, you're always worried about the building that you're going to be shooting in. And we had talked about this last week, and Marco D'Angelo hit the nail on the head, one of our handicapper extraordinaires. He said, I'm going to be all over that tournament betting first half unders. And sure enough, we had low-scoring games in, in every one of those games you know, yesterday and last night. And that is because teams going to a new arena, a new setting, haven't played there before. And especially when you go to these conferences like the WCC or the Big West, because the majority of those schools play in gymnasiums. I'll say it. I mean, you're used to a building that seats anywhere from three to five thousand. You know, we're talking about you know over the WCC. I mean, you've got you have St. Mary's and you've got USF and you've got you know the very few uh, of these schools in that conference. Are, are playing the big arenas, except for BYU and Gonzaga. But everybody else, for the most part, they're, they're, they're in small gyms. So the same thing with the Big West. Just about every one of these teams, they play in gyms. And the the wall to the end of the baseline or where the backboard stanchion sits, it could be maybe 20 or 30 feet, and that's it. And it's a whole different you know, perception and, you know, when, you're, when you're shooting the basketball. So the Dollar Loan Center seats 6,000 people there. And it's beautiful. We'll get to that in a minute. But there is plenty of room on both baselines because they built this thing to, to have a, a hockey rink and an indoor you know, football uh, you know, field there. And so you, you can see there's a lot of great seats. There's not a bad seat in the house. But you knew that that was just probably going to mess with a lot of these teams uh, with their with having some shooting woes, and that's exactly what transpired last night. Uh, you know, teams were were dreadful from from three point. At one point in time in the game last night between Cal Poly and UC Davis, uh, the teams were two for eighteen from beyond the three point arc. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's going to happen in these arenas, and we always see this happen in the NCAA tournament, specifically. At the Final Four, when they're playing in domes, when you have you know sixty, you know the place is set up for sixty five thousand seats or so. So, yeah, so we got that dollar loan say, but very nice uh, eighty four million dollars to construct this thing. Uh, parking looks good. Uh, the entrance right there on the two fifteen in Green Valley Parkway, right across from Green Valley Ranch. Very nice arena. And when you're inside, and we were talking about this last night, because Jim Les, the head coach of UC Davis, talked about this last night. He goes, "Yeah, just you know, kind of had a feeling. It seemed kind of like the the Barclays Center. Now, obviously, it's not as big as Barclays, but it had that look with the colors being black and gray, and and seeing that. So, aside from the size of the building, uh, it's laid out. It's very new. You can still smell the fresh paint and everything. So, if you haven't been over to the Dollar Loan Center." Again, it just opened last night, the very first event, so obviously most people have not been over there. Check it out, and I know people are looking forward to seeing the Silver Knights as well, um, you know, as they make their, their home there. 
And we'll see what happens with the WNBA as well. We know that the Las Vegas Aces are in the final year of their contract with the Mandalay Bay at the Michelob Ultra Arena. I know Mark Davis has already expressed interest in potentially calling that their home, and especially being in Henderson where the new Aces facility is going to be, you know, right uh, down the road from where the Raiders facility is. So, yes, uh, Henderson obviously making a name for themselves, and they have a brand spanking new arena there at the Dollar Loan Center that uh, is marvelous. It's fantastic. Uh, so get a chance to get out there again. And I know we've been giving away tickets for the Big West Tournament. Get out there and check it out. As far as the uh, play on the court goes over at the Big West, um, you've got a quarterfinal action on the men's side coming up Thursday. Quarterfinals of the women's uh, tonight in a championship games will be taking place uh, on Saturday with that. So um, another one of... Uh, Vegas's now mainstays here with the five college basketball tournaments, so the Big West being uh, the newest. But back to last night's game with Gonzaga. Gonzaga uh, opens up things in the second half, and uh, the Zags get the victory over St. Mary's last night by 13 points. So the Zags, exact revenge on St. Mary's. St. Mary's, we know they are in the tournament, but who else will be going from the WCC, that's the big question mark. I know that a lot of people think that USF and Santa Clara could both be in. Uh, many people think USF will get in over Santa Clara. That'll be interesting to see if they go with with three teams or four teams out of the WCC. If they do go with the third team, who do you select? You, you select USF or you select Santa Clara? Well, you're going to probably select a USF uh you know, because of their their victories, so and and they played a very good non conference schedule, and they, you know, on the final score of that game on Monday night, USF lost to Gonzaga by ten points. But if you're watching that game, you know that game was not even that close. I mean, the Zags had a twenty four point lead at one time, and USF got hot with the three point shooters down the stretch to trim the lead. They they got actually to with eight. And the final count uh, was 10. So, Selection Sunday. One thing, though, and the big seven-footer will be very happy about that. And we'll talk to him when he joins us here in a few minutes. That uh, they'll be very, very happy to be in the conversation. But talking to people at USF, they think they're in the tournament. I was sitting next to some USF alumni. And they, man, they they were just barking at me. They actually wanted to wager with me. I'm thinking, well, you're, you're, not, you're not quite there yet. You know, you might have some work to do. You got to... You have to have a good showing against Gonzaga, and it really depends on what happens in that semifinal game with St. Mary's and Santa Clara, and that game was close. And I felt that if Santa Clara had beaten St. Mary's, that no way in the world the tournament committee is going to take three teams, you know, uh, or more than three teams from the West Coast Conference. But it played out the way we thought it would play out. Gonzaga beat USF, and St. Mary's defeated Santa Clara. So now that means bubble time for USF, in Santa Clara, we'll see what happens uh, there. And we know that uh, one or both of those will go to the NIT if they don't make the NCAA tournament. But there is a lot of belief that uh, the WCC will get three teams in. All right, so that tournament is done. And now we head to the Thomas and Mack Center and the in T-Mobile Arena. And also over at the Mandalay Bay, they've got the WAC going. But uh, the two probably most prestigious tournaments here in town, um, at least high profile now, the WCC is out is the Pac-12 tournament and the Mountain West Conference. Now, with the Pac-12, uh, they started play earlier today, 
uh, with some early games uh, going on as well, too. Full, full slate. So you had uh, uh, Stanford in action uh, earlier today against Arizona State. Uh, Stanford comes from behind and wins that game 71-70. to Um that was a, a, a great comeback by the Stanford Cardinal because uh, they found some, themselves down in the final few minutes, but they came back uh, to rally for a 71-70 uh, victory. Uh, a little bit later on in the Pac-12 uh, tournament uh, going on tonight, you've got, uh, you've got Oregon and Oregon State. Actually, they're getting ready to tip off here momentarily. Uh, Oregon a nine-point favorite uh, in that game. So you've got uh, those two schools you know, going at it uh, this afternoon. And then uh, the Pac-12 will continue tonight at 6 o'clock with Cal taking on Washington State. Washington State is a team that uh, is on the bubble as well, too. Washington State's been getting uh, a lot of love. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And then the finale tonight at T-Mobile Arena at 8.30 is Utah taking on Washington. Uh, Both of these teams have been relatively disappointing. You have the battle of the 7th and the 11th place teams in the Pac-12 squaring off. So uh, Washington, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in that game. And then uh, the rest of the teams will uh, gather tomorrow. Uh, Upset earlier on uh, today, we've already started in the ACC tournament. You had a a blasting, uh, you know, earlier by Syracuse as a blasted Florida State uh, 96-57. to Syracuse got off to an early lead and never looked back. But uh, the big upset is Wake Forest as they go down today to Boston College, 82-77 to in overtime. Wake Forest got themselves in all kinds of foul trouble. Uh, they couldn't couldn't shoot the ball well at all. So there is a a big upset there. So Boston College, with a record of 12-19, the 12th seed in the ACC knocks off the 5th-seeded uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons and Wake Forest did not want to have to play in uh, in this game, but they you know finished in fifth. They had to play you know, basically in the opening day of the uh, the ACC tournament. So there you have it. Okay, so those are just some of the the scores and the highlights uh, that we got here today. So we're diving into it all for you. Like I said, plenty of college basketball on tap here today, and uh, more action here in Vegas tonight. UNLV will take the floor tomorrow as they will play Wyoming. And that is the 4-5 game. So the Rebels uh, got to stay out of the opening day of the tournament, which is nice. And that hasn't always been the case with past UNLV teams. But uh, they are not playing today. Uh, games uh, you know, going on right now. You've uh, got Nevada to, took, took uh, care of New Mexico 79-72. So Nevada... Uh, who's really struggled uh, this year, they get the victory, 12-17. and 17. The Nevada Wolfpack came in as the eighth seed, and they beat the ninth seed, uh, University of New Mexico, uh, Rich Patino's team, as he took over this year. So uh, Nevada advances on. Uh, unfortunately, they had to play in a Wednesday game, which they're not really familiar with. And then uh, Utah State is playing Air Force right now as well, and Utah State has an early lead uh, in that contest. So those are the games uh, that are happening at the Mount West Conference. A little bit later on, if you're going out to the Thomas and Mack Center as well, uh, you've got uh, other games uh, played uh, today too, the lower echelon teams, as uh, San Jose State will uh, be in action um, later on uh, tonight uh, as well too. So... Uh, looking forward to to all of these games, especially UNLV uh, coming your way tomorrow as well. So we uh, look forward to all of those games. San Jose State's playing Fresno State, and that will basically round out the the first day of action at the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And of course, the Fresno State Bulldogs, a 13.5-point favorite over 
San Jose State. All right, so March Madness, it is here. Uh, we are looking forward, of course, to all the action. We're looking forward to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas for Hoops and Hops. Don't forget to get your tickets for that coming up on uh, March the 17th, 18th, and 19th, the first three days. It is the ultimate March Madness party. You definitely want to be there for all of that as we uh, look forward to that. And go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com for your tickets. Get the VIP packages, all you can eat, all you can drink with that as well, too. And uh, it's a coveted spot. It's a great time. Again, the 22-foot screens that are inside the Belmont Ballroom on the fourth floor of the Cosmopolitan. And, of course, we'll be broadcasting the show live there on that Thursday and Friday. And, of course, we'll be at our customary home inside the William Hill Sportsbook coming up on Friday uh, this week as well, too. So looking forward to that. But uh, March Madness, it is here, definitely. All right, NFL news. Let's get into that today. Usually a very quiet time for the NFL but as we know, yesterday was the, the deadline for tender offers from NFL teams. Uh, not much really happening there. We did find out that Devontae Adams was given the franchise tag by the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Adams not happy with that. Uh, no one likes to be franchised in that situation to take away the, uh, the effort or you know, to negotiate your own contract and uh, and be a free agent. But Devonta Adams is going to earn himself a, a pretty nice hefty paycheck, probably around $18 million for being one of the top wide receivers uh, in the National Football League. And that was important for the Packers to re-sign him. His Packer is important for Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, we heard yesterday that Aaron Rodgers um, and Brian Gutekunst have been talking. It looks like Rodgers will stay with the Packers, and he wanted to make up his mind early whether he was going to retire or exactly what he was going to be doing. Um, so the Packers, uh, you know, are putting together a long-term contract to keep Aaron Rodgers uh, there in Green Bay, and to they hope for him to finish his career there as a member of the Packers. So they're working on that deal. It's going to be either a three or four-year deal. Probably make Aaron Rodgers, if not the highest-paid quarterback, one of the highest-paid. But uh, the Packers got some salary cap room to operate under here. So uh, good sign for Packer fans and that Aaron Rodgers will be returning as well as Devontae Adams. And you knew that Rodgers did not want to go to a team that was going to be in, in rebuilding. He was either going to to call it quits and retire, force the Packers to make a trade. But Green Bay was saying they were not going to to trade him, uh, especially if they felt that he couldn't get equal compensation you know, back for that. So... Um, Look for Aaron Rodgers to return in Green Bay. But the big news yesterday, which we touched on, Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, obviously, this is pending Russell Wilson's approval and waiving his no-trade clause. And uh, that's that's was still a thing yesterday. But I think Russell Wilson is, is tired of Seattle. He wants to go uh, to a place where he can get basically a fresh start. And that's going to happen there in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach for the Broncos. Um, he's highly regarded on the offensive side of the ball as being the former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. So Nathaniel Hackett will be working with Russell Wilson. So big news there as Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, news today comes out that the Indianapolis Colts are trading Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. That's right. That's going to be difficult to say. It's going to be hard to continue to say that. So uh, Wentz to Washington for a package uh, of, um, of draft picks 
which includes a two third round picks. So when you look at this, Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis from Philadelphia. The reason why he went there because Frank Reich was there. Frank Reich and him had a very good relationship when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator. Uh, Carson Wentz had his one and only decent season as a member of the Eagles. And when Frank Reich got the job with Indianapolis, of course, uh, you know, he, he's had all kinds of problems and issues with quarterbacks. You remember they signed Phillip Rivers there, you know, two seasons ago. And uh, Rivers was serviceable, but, but nothing outstanding. But it was Frank Reich's M.O. to go get Carson Wentz and felt that he would be the perfect fit for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, what happened last year with Carson Wentz, uh, he had COVID. He was another guy that was uh, refused to get vaccinated, um, you know, missed some time there. Uh, we knew what happened with the drama leading him into the Raiders game, which was uh, you know, this was the second to last game of the, of the regular season. The Raiders won in there and uh, really extended their season for Las Vegas as they got the win and upset the Colts. And the Colts had to now win a game. It was do or die for them to get into the playoffs to play the Jacksonville Jaguars in in the finale of last season. And they couldn't get the job done. They got hammered by the Jaguars. So very sad ending for the Colts last season. But more of a sad ending for Carson Wentz as uh, he is traded today. So uh, Frank Reich has got to feel sick to himself thinking that, okay, I brought this guy in. I really thought that he was going to be the future of this franchise. They paid him a lot of money to be the future of this franchise and to be the quarterback to lead them uh, you know, deep into the playoffs and potentially the Super Bowl. But that's not going to happen now as the uh, Colts um, trade Carson Wentz to Washington. And you know Washington has been a team that has gone back and forth with you know quarterbacks, and they're so unsettled there. Ron Rivera, good coach. His hands are tied. Uh, in Washington, pretty good defense. Uh, got some good working parts. But now, how is Carson Wentz going to fit into Ron Rivera's plan? Is it a good fit? And Carson Wentz will be going back to the NFC East, where he came from, uh, with, with the Eagles. So I am sure that Wentz will have those two games circled on his calendar as he looks forward to that. But yeah, time will time will tell how this thing works out. But Carson Wentz, a member of the Washington Commanders now, and uh, not not sure exactly how that's going to work out for for either party. All right, so that's uh, your football news basically on the Major League Baseball site. Let's see, uh, crickets, right? More crickets? Nothing happening. All right, our good friend Bob Nightingale, who joins us regularly. Uh, said earlier today that Major League Baseball and the Players Union are now awfully close to getting together on the minimum salaries proposal. So we know when talks broke off last week, there was no immediate plans for these guys to get back together and talk. Major League Baseball has not come out and said the second week of the season is canceled, right? We were waiting for that, but that hasn't happened. Um, because we thought we have an announcement either yesterday or or on Monday, and uh, that definitely uh, hasn't happened. But uh, they say they did get back together and had meetings, um, but uh, they had a brief meeting last Thursday and thought it was going to take some time before they put uh, everybody back together again. So today 
they the sides started to regroup and get together. In Major League Baseball, the players union are now awfully close to the minimum salary proposal. The MLBPA is now proposing a seven hundred and ten thousand dollar annual salary, rising to seven hundred and eighty thousand. Uh, MLB proposed uh, seven hundred thousand, rising to seven hundred seventy. So the two sides are finally making making some notice here. Uh, there's a total of twenty two million dollars uh, apart in the luxury tax threshold. So uh, Bob Nightingale reporting that uh, we could be close to this thing uh, coming together here. So we will see. But still no official word from Rob Manfred, still no Major League Baseball, no spring training as players and managers are just sitting and waiting. All right, when we come back, we start talking some hoop, the college side, March Madness, a little NBA, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright in the house, plus B.J. Armstrong, Hersey Hawkins is going to join us. Check it all out right here as we get it on here on a wild Wednesday. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, that's gold, baby, gold. Well, this is the first time I believe that we've had this rejoiner. And leave it to Nubchuck for doing this. Unbelievable. Without further ado, I think I know why we're playing this. The big seven-footer in the house, his favorite artist of all time, the one and only Chubby Checker. Look at Big Bill doing the twist. The seven-footer in the house, Big Bill Cartwright. What is going on, my friend? You know, it's always interesting that uh, Chubby Checkers, Chubby Checkers, (laughs) yeah. You know, I do love Chubby Checkers, but you know what? The versatility... Uh, going to Chubby Checkers, you go to James Brown, you go to, uh, you know, anything Motown, uh, 70s, 80s, 90s, we know you are a funk guy. Yeah. So, hey, look, I'm, I'm just versatile. That's all I'm saying. You know, I appreciate the Chubby Checkers, but let's see some versatility in there every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how versatile you are. I mean, when it comes to that, because I know you like your little oldie goldies there. But you do like my funk. I, I I get that. But but how far do you go with the rock stuff? Rock? Yeah. How far you go there? Well, how how rocky do you want to go? Well, you tell me, tell me, tell me the Bill Cartwright album collection, and that that'll tell us everything. We talk about album collections. It's 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 endless. Look, I'm a music guy. You know, some of my favorite music, my favorite music, is bluegrass gospel. <laughs> Right? That, have, you that, ever, have you ever listened to that? that uh, I, no, I, no way is it. No. I, have you ever listened to that? The answer is yes. And I can explain. I, I think I, I listened to it one time when I watched. One time. Yeah, the Blues Brothers 2000. When I watched the movie, when they went and they performed over at that outdoor hillbilly fair and it was pouring rain and they did like Riders on the Storm, a, a real bad version. That was the worst part of that movie. Most people ripped that movie, but I gave it its due. Because the last 35 minutes was great with the all-star cast, you know, with Erica Baidu and then Paul Schaefer and Dr. John and Eric Clapton and everybody else. But, yeah, I think this song was in it. It was horrible. Hey, I, I, I get over if I like gospel, do we? I get you. You're, you're a Catholic boy. I'm I, very, I'm I like shocked. gospel. I like gospel. But you said bluegrass gospel. Bluegrass gospel. Yeah. Yes. You should check it out. There that you is, go. And we had that, that in the Blues Brothers 2002 with James Brown in the tent out there. Well, I, I think you got more than one bluegrass gospel song. Maybe you should maybe uh, <laughs> check it out. 
<laughs> you can't base it on one song. And it wasn't bad either. That's all I'm saying. You like that one right there? Would, would you would you play that while you're strolling around town? Going up and down the hills of San Francisco, the city of Chicago? I, 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 I just might. Yeah. You know, I like it. I, I have a certain appreciation for the little banjo, uh, uh, guitar. Uh, it's, you know, the harmony is it's really great stuff. That's what I like. So what a lot of people don't know, the seven-footer does strum a guitar. Yeah, he will He will go ahead and on a quiet night, he'll strum a guitar while he's sipping his scotch and, and, and having a cigar. Isn't that about right? Yeah, you know, you get the, you can bend some strings. Not that anybody else likes it, as long as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably nobody likes it. How has your guitar uh, skills come along? They're, they're they're fine. You know, I'm actually more of a bluesy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you can play some twelve bar blues, you can just kind of just make up your own stuff, and uh, and that's that's really all I need. So. I'm not really concerned about playing an audience. I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a great hobby. Uh, I could have others play along. It doesn't matter what you play. Just hop in, hop in, bend them, whatever you want. For a little recreation is what you're talking about. Huh? A little musical recreation. Just go ahead and strum it. But you can play it, huh? You can play it. You, you feel you feel confident playing it. Do I feel confident? Yeah, you, you, yeah. In your guitar skills. I feel confident playing by myself. You, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just got to throw some riffs down. That's all. Is that a self-taught uh, thing? Yeah, it really is. It's just what you want to hear. And but you never took formal lessons. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. But, uh, you know, uh, seemingly the... Uh, as a matter of fact, I took a lesson up to uh, probably a couple years ago, but... Uh, with COVID and everything, you know, the, the hardest thing about playing a guitar, any instrument, there's nobody else to play with. And it's 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 kind of a nightmare. Once, but once you find somebody and then you've got to kind of live up to their expectations uh, and you're forced to practice, it's it's really fun. So... I'm, I'm, if you got anybody to play with, why why aren't you playing? You're a music guy. I'm a music guy, absolutely. What is up? Are you playing an instrument? No, I never played an That's instrument. That's a, I know it is shocking, and, and that was I. My thing with music was I, I could never play an instrument, so I guess I said, oh, I, I don't know. I can, let me try to master the uh, the DJ side or the promotional side, and when I got into all that, I appreciate music. I love music, but I just never took lessons it was never in my family it wasn't in my blood or my genes music was but just not playing an instrument and i never had time like as a kid i mean he's always playing sports and doing this stuff and then as you know i got into that dj thing you know early on i mean when i was like in early in high school i i love music but i just never had the discipline i don't think to go ahead and, and want one time i had the, uh, a dj mentor of mine back in the day and he said, come on by, I want to teach you how to play the guitar, okay? Yeah. And this is a guy in Sacramento that, uh, that, that we, we both uh, may know here. Well, here's what I found out. Got Remember, at that point in time, I was like 12 years old, right? And he said, come over to my apartment, and I'll teach you the guitar. Oh, by the way, I met your sister one time. Can you bring her with you? And I said, yeah, sure, she'll be my ride. So my sister takes me over, this guy's apartment, right? Gets out his guitar, Spends probably about five or ten minutes with me, this and that. He's more interested in my sister. And I found the only, only reason he invited me over there, there was, there was never an intention to teach me how to play the guitar. He used me to get to my sister. And still to this day, 
He still wants my sister. Well, I, I, I can't help you with that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So that's where it ended for me. I, I, that was it. That was it. Just one one teacher, huh? Yeah, yeah. What you know? One one brief lesson. That was it. But you're, you're right. You know, I love music. Love it. Well, you know, there's nothing natural about playing that damn guitar. Yeah. You know, from from uh, you know whether you're if you're, you're picking, you're strumming, uh, you know, you're learning notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's. Um, an incredible amount of repetition you have to have to be able to hit hit your keys, and um, it's it's not easy. But you know, if, if you if you gotta like it, if it's kind of fun, um, you know, you gotta do it for you. Starting out, starting uh, nice. Electric. Seems too confusing, man, with the fingers and all that no. stuff. It seems, seems very confusing. It's probably like anything. Once you dive into it, you know, you get it right. Yeah, well, it's it's just a matter of want to. So if you want to do it, you will be able to do it. How about your former teammate? We know that, that he's got the, the same music love as I do here. You, you know, And we've talked about this before. And uh, I, I wonder if he plays an instrument. And we're talking about, we got the five-time champ, three as a player, two as a coach in the house. we got the three-time champ joining us via the telephone, the one and only B.J. Armstrong. Fuck <laughs> it up, my man. Oh, now you're talking. I'm listening to Bill talk about playing musical instruments. We just got the turntables going, you know. We just put our albums. We got the turntables going. You know, that's all you need. See, Bill. You know what? Out of respect to Bill, hey, I I understand and I appreciate anyone that plays musical instruments. I I appreciate it and I have to respect it. No, no, no. B, I have a lot of respect for B. He's, he's, He's a modern guy. But the issue is is that he's a Detroit-connected person. Motown. What is up with that? <laughs> so you're saying just because he's from Detroit that he should be playing a keyboard or a bass or something like that or banging the drums? Is that what you're trying to say? Wait, 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 wait. Music should make you want to dance. Yes, thank you. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to move. It, 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 anything that touches your soul. It's Motown. Come on, baby. Hey, Phil, when you hear music, you want to move. You know you got to groove. It's it's a celebration of the soul. It's the one universal language that we all understand. That's music. But hey, Bill, you know, that's how I grew up. Now, B, B, B and I got two things in common. We love music and we love cars. So that's no. all I'm saying. You drive cars, you're going to be able to play one instrument. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Where's the correlation there? I'm trying to figure that one out. That's, that's, that's Detroit. That's the connection. It's right there. Yeah, you, yeah. Bill's right there. I can't argue there. You know, you know it's, it's called Motown for a reason. Hey, hey, hey. Bill's right there. So, BJ, you probably didn't catch this before you came on. This whole thing got started. We came back with the rejoiner with, with Bill here today, and Numchuck played Chubby Checker. So Bill starts doing oh. the twist right away. So we start giving play. So then we start talking about music, and Bill is getting on me about versatility, right? And then I said, well, what kind of versatility do you have? And, and here's what he said. Do you know what he said? BJ? This is going to blow you away. Go ahead, tell him what you said, Bill, about the versatility in the first song that we played after Chubby Checker today. We had just talked about that I do love bluegrass gospel music. <laughs> BJ! That's, that's what I do. This I, is what he I, came I, with I, right I, here. I, I, <laughs> 
Tell him he's going to lose his brother card. His brother card has been revoked. Well, you know. BJ silent. You silenced him. You, you, you know what? Please go. Please go back to the motel to, or the bunk or something. I have to. Re, I have to respect that. You know. You know the the, the big fella. The, I have to respect this about the big fella. The big fella has always lived outside of the box, and I respect that. I have to. Re, I, 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 if it's one thing I know about my big fella, is that my big fella has his own thoughts, and he's going to do things his way. You know, I've learned this from Bill playing with him. Bill is very stubborn. And he's going to do things his way. So there's no sense of arguing with him. And I respect that about the big fella. So, you know what? I got to roll with my big fella because, you know what? He's thought about this. This isn't something that just happened overnight. So I respect it. It's, it's music. You and I may not prefer that type of music, but we got to respect Bill's taste of music. You know what I mean? I respect and if that touches his soul. If it touches his soul, then, you know what? There's something... You know that I gotta expand. I gotta think outside of the box. So you know what? I'm gonna respect it, and I'm gonna roll with my big fella because I know my big fella. You know what? Hey, 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 hey. He's he, he's been showing me the way. I may not see it yet, but he's showing me the way. <laughs> Has anyone ever had a, a a teammate ever had a bad word to say about you? I think you got these guys mesmerized, man. I don't know if if, if you just walk around with a big stick or. Or that glare back in practices and games. I don't know what it is, man. No, we, everybody loves you, man. This this just shows BJ's versatility. Now this, you see, he's open minded. Yeah. Now you can learn from this. Yeah. That's all hey, I'm saying. I, 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 hey. You can learn from BJ. My, he's open. He's open to things. He's open to change. My he's, album he's collection is very large, as you well know, and there is versatility in there. Okay. Again, I I, I love the rock. I, I'm just not that much of a country guy. I love the blues. I can do a little jazz. You know, I like my R and B, my funk, all that stuff. So I can, I'm, I got that ver- versatility. Okay, I'm probably not going to go off to the Johann Sebastian Bach, which BJ called you out on last time. You know, I'm not going to go that far. You know, but uh, not, I'm not that sophisticated. But of course, we all love music, and yeah, in all seriousness, uh, we, we respect that. We respect everybody who has their own taste in music. Yeah, if it moves your soul, BJ's right. Hit the nail on the head, and well said, my friend. Yeah, whatever moves you and gravitates your soul and gets you going. Because for me, I mean, it's all about music. You know, sports and music is my life, and I just, I I love it. I mean, I get up in the morning, music. Uh, All day, music. Driving, music. You know, kicking back at home, downtime, music. Music makes the world go round, man. Definitely does. I I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I, I agree. Very good. And, uh... Whatever fits, but you know, you and I, we like the funk. And you know what? <laughs> we like the funk, and I need a little funkiness in my life. <laughs> yeah. how, how would BJ uh, enjoy some of my my concerts? He he would like those, wouldn't he? BJ would love it, yeah. and and BJ uh, would love a lot of those stories that you have that uh, that, that <laughs> I definitely enjoy. Uh, good good and bad. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, because those guys are a foundation of where we came from, and you know I have a lot of respect for those guys for blazing the trail. You got that right. Oh yeah, a little super fly. Look at Numbchuck. He's on the wheel of steel today. Oh yeah, we're doing a whole music segment. It sounds like right. You gotta love it, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so 
Well, this is really weird. So Numchuck obviously knew the seven footer was coming in here today. Knew that BJ Numchuck brought in these packages, BJ of of Chicago Bulls. Uh, I guess replica championship rings here, right? Replica rings. Yeah. Oh wow. So Numchuck was at every every ring ceremony that you guys had, and who oh, would have wow. known? Who would have known that this? And then here it is. You know. T- 3,000 miles apart, we would end up here. This diehard Chicago guy, this Bulls fan, and he just comes out. It's still in the package here. Look at it. Big Bill's looking at this stuff here. This I, is, who this would have known? Very impressive stuff here. Yeah. Six man. I, you know, we, we we didn't even get this stuff. We'd have probably, we'd have probably <laughs> hey, Bill, kept it. I, it. You know, Bill, I have a question for you, Bill. You know, I, I haven't looked at my rings probably since, Whatever, whenever we won those things. All right, I haven't looked at them. But let me ask you this, because you would know something like this. What do you? What would you rate the quality of diamonds in those rings? <laughs> okay, I would just try to be really positive and assume that... <laughs> Tell it like it is, huh? That they're really, really high, <laughs> high-rated stones. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm just going to kind of go with that. But okay. it's, but it's, I, I, but, but I think it's more of, you know, it's, it's our ring. It's your ring. It's got your name on it. So right, it's more right, personalized. Right. And there's, uh, you know, those, those don't exist. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. BJ rings, they're, they're, they're priceless. So is BJ trying to say they may be on the little cheap side? Is that what you're, is that what you're trying to say? I'm just asking. I, you know, I, you know, when I talk to Bill, I got to think outside of the box. So, you know, I can't just think. You know, so I was like, Bill would know something like that. You know, when you wanted to know something, you would ask Bill. Like, you know, like if I wanted to know what time the bus was tomorrow, you didn't ask like, you know, anybody. You asked Bill because you know, you, you, Bill would know that. You know, Bill, what kind of steak is this? Bill, what kind of you know, you know, you you ask Bill, and I was just always wondering, like, what do you think the, you know, something like that? You know, you know. You know, things that make you go, hmm, you ask Bill, because Bill knows. <laughs> Bill knows all. That's it. Yeah. Restaurant Bill recommendations. Knows, you know? There it is. I don't think Bill you knew know, where the normally, poker. Do you know where the poker yeah, game normally, was? Yeah, yeah. Normally, you know, guys, you know, would ask the point guard for the, like, hey, what play are we running? You know, yeah. I would ask Bill, Bill, what are we running right now? You know, and then Bill would say he was nice enough. Always, PJ, we're running this play. This is what you're doing. Thanks, Bill. And then I would yeah. go out there, you know, do what the big fella told me to do. That's how it worked. You know? Exactly. BJ and I had a great relationship because, once again, we knew when the ball got to the <laughs> both of us, it's not really coming back the other way. <laughs> One of us is going to shoot it. You better get your hands on before 23 does. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that was, uh, those were the days, Bill. That was our little secret. (laughs) That was our little secret. (laughs) BJ Armstrong and Bill Cartwright, the former Bulls, uh, joined us here today uh, talking uh, all kinds of stuff here from, from music to rings and everything. But, both of you guys, you've got to look at, at these rings today in all sports the way it is. And, and it got, does kind of make you sick a little bit by saying how gaudy these things are and how expensive they are and how many diamonds there are. Because we've talked to so many like baseball players and they go, you know, well, I, I, had a, I had a World Series ring in, in, in 1981 or 1983. It looked nothing like, you know, the, the World Series ring you know, from last year. And do you guys think about that or go through that or you know, because obviously they're every year they get more and more gaudy. 
Well, A.B., don't you think that is kind of reflective of the uh, paycheck that the guys are gathering now? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, you know? I, I think you are right there, Bill. It's, uh, it really is amazing to see, you know, how these things just continue to grow. And, uh, you know, I, I just find it fascinating. I, I always look. I always look every year to see, like, oh, wow, that's, and, you know, it's just growing and growing and growing. It's like, how big can these things get? You know, because they're, they're just massive now, you know. And uh, But I'm sure I'm sure when we got our rings, they seemed gaudy as well at that particular time. A.B., but what do you think about, like, contracts now compared to, and you would know better than I do that, you know, a max contract is 10 and now it's 20 and now it's 30 and now it's 40. Where Where can this go to? Well, you know what, Bill? I mean, it's really, it's amazing to watch. Um, it's amazing to watch as this business continues to grow. And that's the one thing, Bill, I keep saying, when is it going to end? You know, at one point, you know, you know, like Moses Malone, right? That was like the first, like, million-dollar player. And then suddenly, you know, I, I look in the contracts and I'm looking at the books and I see, like, Steph Curry and these guys are going to make $47, $50 million for one year, you know. And it just continues to grow. But, Bill, I'm going to tell you, I think that was the vision, you know, and I think that started, you know, under the leadership of, you know, the late, um, you know, David Stern. And you saw the game, what it could be by taking the game global. And I think the business of sports continues to grow. And it's just – it's hard to imagine to believe that a game that you and I would have played for free, that it's continuing to grow. You're seeing now MVPs, Giannis back-to-back MVP, Jokic last year could very well be Joel Embiid or maybe Jokic again this year. So you're seeing the impact, the global impact, and what that does to our business, and it translates you know, to this relationship that you have between the players and the owners. So – you know what, Bill? It's amazing to watch. Um, I, you know, I, as I work in the business as an agent, I'm just always reminded, like, wow, you know, television clearly is moving this, and it's a large part of it. But I'm going to tell you what, Bill, believe it or not, streaming is next. And you're seeing how that's translating into football. You're starting to see, I mean, look at some of the contracts, some of these, like Troy Aikman and these guys are being reported. That's much more than the player. They may have more now as, as you know, color analysts now than they did when they were playing, you know? So it's continuing to grow Bill technology, media, and as it appears to be, it's nowhere stopping. So one day, Bill, you and I will be seeing $75, $100 million, and then we'll be like, we were just born too early. <laughs> we, were, we were just born. I mean, just, we were born too early. You and I, uh, you know, I don't know what we were doing, but you know what? I, you know it, 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 but it really is it's, 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 it's phenomenal and, uh, you know, good for the league, good for the business. And you know what? And, um, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just what it is. And, I'm, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. So one of your old security guards there with the, uh, with the Bulls, back when you guys were playing, I guess, he auctioned off his rings. Cause I guess you know, they, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll give you know, employees all that stuff. Uh, all six rings were sold for $255,000. Pay that man wow. his money. Well, how does that hit you? And how do you feel about, about people selling those rings like that? 
Or, or do you feel yeah, that these I, guys should be getting rings if they're not a player or a coach? How do you guys feel about that? What? Go ahead, Bill. No, I, I, I think it's fine because some guys, um, for whatever reason, um, you know, they've had their rings for a little bit and they wanted to go to another route, whether it's their own kids, whether it's to a charity. Um, Kareem, he did not sell his rings, but he sold a lot of his stuff off because he's getting older and he wanted it to benefit other people. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm not going to have an opportunity to do that because I've got uh, four kids and eight grandkids. So the rings I have, those guys are going to grab it. But I, I, I think it's fine. And look, people are great fans. If they have an opportunity, um, if they're able to, to have a lot of money to spend uh, to enjoy those rings, um, why not? Go ahead, B. What were you going to say? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's just an individual decision and, and things that you have. You know, one of the thrills of my life is uh, that I've had, besides getting that ring, and that was a great day, and I really appreciate it, and, I, and it was always special every time the commissioner would come out. But you know what? Nothing will replace like this moment right here. It's the friendship that you make, and as, as great as it is to have that ring and be able to look at it and all those things, but it's the friendship and it's the journey and all of those things, and that's priceless. So you know, he's still here joking with Bill. I can remember all the times Bill and I on the bus, Bill and I in the locker room, Bill and I. Uh, you know, he never picked up the tab when we would go to dinner, but you know that's okay. You know what I mean? But I can, those things are just priceless. And those are the things every time, you know, my wife now, she says, why every time you see a teammate, you guys just break out laughing? Because you know what? Those were some of the greatest moments of my life. And so I, I get it. And uh, you, as you mature, as you age, you begin to appreciate your friendship more and more and more. And uh, so I get it. The, sometimes you hold on to those material things, but nothing will replace this. Because the first thing when I see Bill – we're both going to start laughing for no reason at all, right? I don't care what's going on. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just kind of one of those things because, I mean, we had some great moments together. And that's what sports does, doesn't it? You know, sports brings people together from all walks of life. And, you know, you have those bonding moments. You have those great moments. And for you guys, I mean, people would just, you know, they thrive to have the moments that you guys had to win those championships on the grandest stage and, uh, and be rewarded for it. And like you said, uh, the best part is keeping those friendships you know, intact for all these years. And, and I know you guys are, are, are close. And I always appreciate you guys you know, being able to uh, spend some time uh, with me when we get you guys together, too. Always a great time. And I'm going to say this, and it is my lifelong goal to get Bill to get funky. We got to get him into the funk. That's my lifelong goal. I've looked outside of the box, and now I want to get him back in the box with us. And I would love to see Bill, instead of doing the twist, I would love to see him get funky. All right, Bill. You know, a little bit. So here we go. Right now, let's go. Give me a funk. Give me a song. Give me an artist that that would please BJ and myself and come into our house. Come into the funk land. What would that song be for you? Which one you'd say, okay, yeah, I can do that. Give me one right now. Numbchuck's going to play it. How about this one? A little Chuck Brown right here. Chuck Brown? Yeah. Bill's looking at Chuck Brown. Who's he? I mean, come on. Washington, D.C., baby. BJ knows what I'm talking about, right? 
Come on, dog. You know, that's all I want, you know? I just want to see the... We're just asking for a song. Oh, we got to go, man. To my ears. <laughs> come on, step out of the plate, big man. Can you come up with one song to make BJ happy here? James or something. So Rick James. Okay, wait. Will that suffice? BJ, he's just gonna Rick James. I don't hear any passion with him. Chubby Checker, I hear passion. The 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 bluegrass gospel, I hear passion. I don't hear him say, yeah, go ahead, give me some you and I, baby. Yeah. I don't hear give me some Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. How about some Frankie Beverly and Maze? Is that more your speed? <laughs> well, what about some Bootsy Collins? Oh, now you go. That's a little oh, passionate. Yeah. Now you're t- oh, so, little Bootsy's yeah, rubber band. How about yeah. some Bootzilla? Are you good with some Bootzilla? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> he said he's okay. He's coming around. He's coming around. He's coming around. You know, he's. Big fella, big fella just came up to the pitch post. He just came up to the pitch post right now. He's coming around. I, I want to know, BJ, in that locker room, I mean, what was playing? I mean, was Bill grooving? I mean, when you guys would have the jams going in there, or was he just, you know, on his own? Uh, you know, Bill was on his own. Bill did his own thing. You, 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 didn't bother, you didn't bother Bill. You know, if there was music going on, Bill would look up, and we knew to cut the music off. You know, we had our headphones and all of that stuff. Bill was kind of, you know, he just... You know, you, you didn't you didn't mess with the big fella. You know what I mean? You know, but he told us he told all of us little guards. Now, you know, I got a job to do now, and you do all that out there, and you're okay. And we all respected the big fella. You know? <laughs> okay, man. Hey, we appreciate you as always, BJ. Uh, sorry we didn't get a chance talking to you basketball today. That's okay, right? <laughs> Is, this, is that what you're supposed to talk about sports? <laughs> exactly, right? We talk about life. Yeah, Bubba. Here we go, BJ Armstrong. We appreciate you joining us. Big right, seven footers hanging out today. And uh, we'll send okay, you out with a little Bootsy Collins, brother. Be good. All right, thanks. Watch those Iowa Hawkeyes, my man. Go root them on. There we go. Some Bootsilly. This is what I'm talking about, Big Bill. Percy Hawkins is jo- going to join us on the other side on the T.C. Martin Show on this wild, funky Wednesday. Capital of the world. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no record for human life. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh! Flight 9 is cleared for landing. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. And Saul says, pay pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings. And soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Ole! Ole! Hour number two, talking a lot of hoop here today. March Madness in effect here in Vegas with five college basketball tournaments. One completed last night with Gonzaga defeating St. Mary's, exacting revenge. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, in the house. 
Appreciate BJ Armstrong for joining us last hour as well, too, as uh, taught uh, some old Chicago Bulls, and we have all these championship rings uh, just just sitting in front of us here. So uh, good stuff there. That's up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Uh, Chuck Esposito is going to join us a little bit later this hour. We'll be talking about uh, the gaming side of uh, these tournaments and uh, a whole lot more coming your way as well, too. Don't forget, Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, we will be there on Friday. Come out and see the show live from 2 to 4 p.m. in March. Madness upon us. Hoops and hops at the Cosmopolitan, March 17th, 18th, and 19th. So come on out and check it all out. All right, we continue on here. Uh, I feel like this is like Chicago Royalty Day today. So we got Big Bill. We had BJ. And then we had a guy who grew up in Chicago, played at Bradley, not too far. Uh, the king of Peoria, Illinois, as I like to call him, played 12 years in the NBA, and of course, Bill, I know you're very familiar with uh, our next guest. Played with the Philadelphia 76ers, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Seattle. Uh, played in Chicago for a season as well, too. Led the NCAA in scoring at Bradley. And we're talking about the one and only Hersey Hawkins. Hersey, how you doing, man? I am doing well. How about you, TC? We're doing great, man. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And uh, uh, I know you know Big Bill from a, from a distance or whatever, but uh, Big Bill Cartwright joined us in studio here today, Hearst. <laughs> what's up, Bill? How you doing? Hearst, how you doing? You know what's interesting is that BJ and Hersey they're very similar because everybody loves them. Yeah. Everybody. It's really remarkable. <laughs> hey, I, I just don't appreciate following, uh, you know, following uh, BJ since you mentioned all those rings that he has, and I have none. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man, but uh, you averaged more points than he did. So that, how's that? A little, there's a little self-gratification possibly, right? Okay, but I'd rather have the rings. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who wouldn't, right? Exactly. Now, Hersey, now we had this, this elongated discussion of music. And, you know, so BJ and myself, you know, we're old school funk guys. And, and, and Bill, he appreciates it, but he gave us some bluegrass gospel. He, he, he wanted to hear some chubby checker. If Hersey Hawkins, what is the top of Hersey Hawkins' playlist? If Hersey Hawkins is getting ready for a game, what's on those headphones? That's what we got to know. Oh, my gosh. Probably some. You know what I've been listening to a lot lately is some, some old Prince and Michael Jackson. <laughs> there he is. What is wrong with that? That's what I'm talking about. There you go. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's great stuff. You can't, you can't get any better than that. I'm just – see, now this is the problem, Mercy, is that TC has no versatility. He goes funk. <laughs> And that's it. Funk. That's it. So if I give him anything different, he really struggles. Now that's all I'm saying. But, but, but Prince isn't funk. Prince is is is, is pop or R&B. Yeah. And here's a great one. Controversy. I mean, I love this song. This is great. This is my life story. Controversy. Percy, <laughs> can you relate to this song? You like, you like some Prince. There you go. See? We're playing all requests here today, Hersey. So you whatever you whatever you got, man. Our 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 guy Numchuck on the wheels of steel here. He'll he'll pump it out for you. I see, I see. Hersey's going. I didn't know I was yeah. going to get in this kind of conversation today. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's sort of my that's the last two or three weeks. That sort of has become my workout music. Prince and Michael Jackson. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, there you go, man. Exactly. I I actually met Prince. Whoa! Do tell. I met Prince in, in L.A. I was. Um, I don't know why, but I was in this club. I was sitting in. I wasn't there very long. He, there was two security guards, walked in, looked around, and then all of a sudden he came in. His area got roped off. He was standing there by himself, 
with the security guards, stayed about 20 minutes, looked around, and left. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. I'm like, what the hell? All all that commotion for that, huh? For that. Just walked in, looked around, security guards, big-ass guys, looked around. Yeah, I guess that's it. I'm out of here. No, nobody's trying to chase me down. How many security guys did you have? <laughs> hey, look, look, and this, and this is interesting. When we won a championship, especially when we got Dennis on our team, uh, Michael had his guys, uh, Dennis had his guys, and uh, Pip and Horace had their guys. So we had four security guys on the bus. And I was wow. telling So John Paxson and I would be like, hey, look, We'll just get off. We don't need any security. <laughs> but yeah, four security funny. on the bus. Hersey Hawkins joins us. Hurst, what's been happening, man? Life after basketball for you. What have you been into? Uh, nothing much. Just um, relaxing, enjoying Vegas, trying to trying to get the landscape of everything and and just enjoy retirement a little. All right, so you're residing here in Vegas now? I am residing in Vegas. I moved here last, I moved here November 1st of last year. So it hasn't been long, so I'm, you know, still sort of getting my feet wet and, you know, learning my way around and everything. So, Hersey, we we know this now. We got to get you in the rotation here. We got to get you in the rotation here on the show, coming out to the Cosmopolitan, hanging out with us, uh, doing some shows, and, and we'll get you some good food, some great entertainment too, man. Hey, that sounds good. That that can get me out the house for a while. That's it. <laughs> well, Hersey's been been rolling around at uh, one of the places that I represent as well too, an Opportunity Village. Hersey did a uh, did an appearance there and got a tour right over at one of the campuses. And we know that Opportunity Village is a is a great organization, been around for fifty plus years here. And I know I've talked to you about this before, Bill, where uh, it helps. Uh, disadvantaged uh, adults with disabilities it's a it's a great uh, place one of the best um just one of the best charities in all of las vegas all of nevada and uh love being part of that and we have our 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 hoops uh bracket sheet that is coming out as well too so um and talk about uh, opportunity village Hurst, because i know that you toured the campus what were your thoughts uh, uh, amazing i mean i of course, you know, being new in Vegas, that was my that was my first time getting an opportunity to tour it, and that was actually my first time hearing about it. So to get the chance to go out there and to see, just to see the the dedication and to meet some of the employees and and to meet some of the adults who are in the programs there, it it was just an amazing experience. Um, they're doing a terrific job. Um, and just, and it was. I was amazed at just all the programming that they offered for for the people that are involved there. And you know, and I I can name a few. You know, we talked about the theater program, walked around, and you know, the woodworking, and and you know, numerous people that live there on the village. I mean, there was so much. It, it was a little overwhelming, but. What a great charity! And I, you know, I was just glad to to be there to see it, and and hopefully I can become more involved as I 
as I stay here, you know, as I, you know, get acclimated here in Vegas. Yeah, no, it's a great organization and we're doing a lot of things with them for the last few years. And anytime I can bring athletes by, uh, we bring a lot of, of, of athletes by and boxers by and they just, they have the same, um, the same response that you did. It's like, wow, this is, this is, this is an amazing organization that helps so many, um, you know, adults with disabilities. And, uh, so no, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the tour and being involved. Uh, with Opportunity Village, man, because it is it, it's close to to my heart and a lot of people's hearts here in Las Vegas. Oh no, it, it was it was a pleasure. And while while I was out there, I actually told them that I, you know, it was personal to me because my brother in law, you know, he's, he's passed away, but he had a developmental disability, and he was involved in a program similar to that, not on the scales of Opportunity Village, but. Just him being involved and and seeing the work they did with him and the confidence he was able to gain and the independence he was able to establish, you know, by getting a job and, and doing things on his own, it, it just did wonders for his confidence and self-esteem. And, and those are the kind of things that Opportunity Village are doing. And, you know, I had a chance to, to talk and, and hang out with a few of the people that are involved there, some of the ambassadors, and just going on, you know, the recommendation just on their face of what's going on there. And, you know, that's the best advertisement that you can get. Mm-hmm. Hersey Hawkins uh, joins us, former NBA player, 12 years in the league. And uh, with Opportunity Village, you know, everyone can get involved in the uh, March 100K uh, game. And, of course, it's the annual bracket contest with the hoops, Hoopla. We'll be giving away. Um, uh, entries into that like we do each and every year as well. And Numchuk very excited because uh, Numchuk, you're the defending champ on the football side. So I don't know how you're going to do in basketball. Second place. Yeah, you know, whatever. Well, you you really want it, but you know, yeah, <laughs> that's another story in itself. But anyway, I don't know how you are with brackets, Numchuk. So I don't know. But uh, yes, get involved with the hoops and hoopla uh, at Opportunity Village, uh, Hersey. So we got the big seven footer here. I know there's got to be some stories. Some some stories with you going against the Bulls, and I know uh, you never spend much time, you know, guarding Big Bill or whatever. But come on, share with us, uh, you know, some of those battles, whether it was with the Sixers uh, against those teams. I know you later on you played for the Bulls later. Yeah, yes, I had one year with them, but you know, it was never a joy playing against the Bulls. <laughs> never, as, as, you know. Of course, I had to guard, you know, Michael and. You know, Bill Cartwright was on those teams, but, you know, it, you just knew as a team, you know, how disciplined they were and that you had to be even more disciplined to even have a chance to beat them, that you couldn't make many mistakes because they capitalized on them. You know, it was all the things that you did bad, you had to make sure you didn't do it against them or not have one of those bad guys because they would destroy you. And, and you know, Bill was a huge part of that. You know, I... Of course, you know he didn't get the limelight that all the other that all the other guys. But he was a stable force in the middle, and and during that time, you couldn't win without a stable force in the middle, somebody to help you out. And and he was that guy. Bill, what do you remember about Hersey? Well, you know, before every game, there's and Hersey knows that there's always a uh, scouting report. So you talk about you know offense transition, what are they going to do, and then you start talking about individuals, and then. Yeah, that's Hersey Hawkins. No, we're not leaving him open. We're not leaving that guy open. Cut the airspace down. <laughs> he, make sure he doesn't get a shot. 
Because, you know, he was, he, was, he was such a great shooter and such a great player that, uh, um, you know, we had just a lot of respect for him. So, um, yeah, that's what you know. Yeah. When, you, when you're on the scouting report and the guy says, do not leave him open. <laughs> Make sure you guard 33, right? That's <laughs> better, better guard him. <laughs> so, Hersey, we had one of your old uh, teammates on yesterday, uh, Jim Less. And, uh, yeah, so you know, Jim's uh, coaching over at UC Davis, and they're in town, you know, with, at, at the Big West uh, tournament, uh, you know, at uh, the Dollar Loan Center there in, in Henderson, and had Jim on yesterday, and then I got a chance to talk to him last night because I'm doing the, the play-by-play for the Big West tournament, and had him on yesterday after the victory. So I told him that you were coming on the show, uh, you know, tomorrow, which was, you know, yesterday's conversation. And he goes, well, let me tell you a story uh, 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 about my oh, boy God. Hersey. Yeah, exactly. So... What story do you think that, that that Jim shared with us? You got any idea? I I would have no idea when it comes to Jim. <laughs> so Jim took us back when he was playing the Kings, all right? And I guess uh, playing with the Kings and you were the Sixers. And I guess you guys talked like before the game or uh, the tip-off or something like that. And you basically said that like, hey, you know, you're going to I'll, – I'll, I'll let you have one or two, uh, you know, tonight shots. So Jim comes out and he hits a three, I guess, you know, right away. And he goes, oh, man, I'm feeling pretty good. And you're guarding him. And then uh, Jim gets another one off. And then, oh, boom. And I guess the timeout was called or something like that. Jim came back and said he, they, uh, Dick Mata drew up a play for him. And, and Jim says, yeah, feed me, man, feed me. He goes, he goes, they're not guarding me out there tonight. So Mata draws up a play, and then here comes uh, Jim Les off a pick, and then here comes Hersey Hawkins, swats it into like the second or the third row. And Les said, he, what, what happened? I, I thought you weren't guarding me. And he said that uh, uh, your coach uh, chewed you out a little bit, said don't let that guy score again. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> that? Is, that? that, is that. That is actually true. Because <laughs> it was the first time we played against one another. And it was like, okay, you shoot, I'll shoot. We'll have a good night. <laughs> but but Jimmy Lynham, who was the coach at that time, he, he put a stop to that real quick. I think Jim may have hit three in a row. Wow. That, that, that forced him to call the timeout. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just trying to be a nice guy with your Bradley brother, right? Trying to be a nice guy. Yeah, we figured, what the heck, both of us, maybe we could shoot for our career highs that, that night and have a good time and go to dinner, but nope, coaches had to spoil it. You know, you could you could have had somebody else guard uh, Jim or something. You, know? you could have switched off or something, you know. Yeah, that 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 is true, but you know how it is. Once, once a coach challenges you yeah. and, and, and jumps in your grill, you have no choice. You got to go out there and perform, man. You got to. So, so that my pride was at state after that. That is funny. Yeah, funny story there. B- Big Bill, you got anything like that, man? When you uh, faced a former teammate or a- anything uh, of that nature, or, or a good friend of yours? No, you know that. Yeah. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no love loss. All right, no, there's no love loss. It's 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 gonna get bloody. <laughs> There's Especially gonna, down the post, there's right? There's gonna be some contact in there. It's not personal. That's just that's just how, that's just what we do. So no, teammates are not. No. <laughs> Hersey Hawkins uh, joins us. Uh, also, Hersey, uh, I know that your son Corey Hawkins played for Jim over at UC Davis uh, as well, too. And how how I saw your son play on a couple occasions. How's he doing? He's doing well. He's actually uh, an assistant coach with the Utah G League team. Mm-hmm. So, 
he's been there for a few, and, he, and he's, he's, he loved it. Um, you know, I guess after a few years of overseas, and this and that, he decided that, that he wasn't going to try anymore, and he was just going to get on with his life and get into coaching. And so it was a good move on, on his on his part, and I'm, you know, I'm proud of him that he's that he's doing something that he loves. How much of uh, the NBA are you watching today, and and what are your thoughts about today's game? Honestly, I really don't watch much NBA at all. <laughs> I, I think I think once I sort of got out of it, I just decided I would start, you know, doing other things, getting other interests, watching other stuff, and. And occasionally, you know, I watch it, and that's, I still pay attention to it. I'll check the scores every night and check the headlines, see what's going on in the NBA, see, you know, what players are hot against the net. But as far as physically sitting down and watching an entire game, I would be willing to bet that it's been a year and a half, almost two, since I've done that. Well, you know, we talk, uh, TC and I talk about this all the time because, um, uh, Watching basketball now, it's almost watching just a completely different game. And we spend more time trying to justify what's going on on the floor. And it looks like it's nonsense. So we're like justifying nonsense. So uh, it's just really hard to watch. And, and we watch basketball. I watch first five minutes, last five minutes of the game. And that's that's pretty much all I could take. <laughs> I mean, so... you. So what do you think? What do you when you do watch a game? What do you think about the game now? Uh, I'm not, you know. I think that of course the players are extremely talented, isn't it? But I, and as a three point shooter, I, I, I sort of, I sort of hate to say it, but I think the game is just is strictly about entertainment now. And I don't know if there's much strategy to it or anything, but I remember, I, and I can't remember who I who I was watching, but I watched the turn to watch a few minutes of a game. I think eight of the first nine possessions that I saw, they came down a shot of three without one pass. And, and then I and then I looked. I'm like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> I turned to my wife. I'm like, this, this is enough. <laughs> I let, let's turn and watch something else. Could you? But but think about this. You would be um, more of a value now, more than ever, because you were such a great three point shooter. Could you see yourself playing now? Well, I, I could see myself hopefully making the money they make now. <laughs> exactly, that, that's part of it. Too. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can. You know, the, yeah, the way the game is played now, you know, is strictly for the. Offensive players, you know, you you can't touch them. You know, they're uh, they're allowed to roam and you know go out there and, and just offensively do what they want. And of course, you know that that would be greatly beneficial to the way I the way I played. You know, not back in the day of dealing with the Bulls or the Bad Boys and the Knicks and all of that. So um, yeah, it, 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 I, I could see myself playing in, in this game today. You know, like I said, these guys are they're talented, and I worked for Portland for a long time, and I got to watch Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, you know, play every night, and you know, I, I was amazed at offensively the talent that they have, but just overall as a game, just not a big fan. 
He is Her- Hersey Hawkins, uh, one of the best sharpshooters uh, that the NBA has ever seen. He's spent 12 years, of course, and anybody who uh, follows, the WNBA, or follows the NBA remembers Hersey Hawkins uh, for being such a great player. And uh, those Bradley teams that you had there as well, too. You know, Bradley, really, they haven't been relevant in, in quite some time. But back in those days, and we talked about Chicago basketball was outstanding. You had Bradley, uh, even though they weren't in the city of Chicago. But, you know, DePaul, and it was nice to see Loyola make uh, a run here recently. Recently as well, and, and they're relevant again. But you go back to those days, Hersey. I mean, Chicago basketball and, and throughout the whole state of Illinois was pretty darn good. Oh, it, it was terrific basketball. It was great basketball at, at the time. And, it, and it's funny because when I played in the league, you know, you would always get into these these conversations, these arguments with with teammates or about what cities had the best basketball, Chicago or, you know, New York or, you know, was it, uh, I'm trying to think of another city where, you know, great basketball players came out of uh, California, you know, so you always had those arguments and, you know, I, I will still argue it up and down today that the Chicago area still has some of the best basketball players ever play in and tough ones as well. No doubt no doubt about that. All right, Hersey, we appreciate uh, the time today and appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. And we'll talk a little bit more with you with, uh, about Opportunity Village. Uh, if you can hang on real quick, we'll have our producer, Numchuck, uh, uh, get your info so we can uh, stay in contact regarding some more stuff we got going on with OV as well, too. Oh, definitely. Sure will. I appreciate yeah. that. All right, brother. Be good, man. And uh, I, I know we, we enjoyed this time today. And anytime we can get uh, some of these old uh, NBA players on, man, to reminisce and they have a good time, and especially get Bill Wright with some, with some music like this. You know, there we go. Her, Hersey came to the party with BJ and myself today. One of us has got to get right. We're just trying to get some versatility. That's all. Come on. Get versatile. <laughs> all right, brother. Appreciate the time as always. Take all care, right. Hersey. We'll talk to you All soon. All right, DC, see you, Bill. Let's we'll see him, dude. All right, there he is. Right. Hersey Hawkins, uh, one of the best. I remember him back in the day. Uh, just a great shooter. And great with those, shooter. Great and with, shooter, great player. Great play, All-around player. All-around player. Yeah, yeah, great school. You know, and I would be curious. Does, I wonder if he follows uh, Bradley anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, most guys follow their uh, their college. You should ask BJ that as well. Yeah, well, I have talked to BJ uh, about Iowa in the past, and, and he does. And you know, but I don't think they watch it as closely as you do with your alma mater. I mean, you're you're invested. I mean, you, and I know you always kind of watched it from a distance, but but now, I mean, you're part of that university. You're part of the fabric. Well, look, for most guys, their university, that was some of the best time of their lives to spend time, those four years at school. Uh, and think about it. That's your last mo- moment where you can be uh, irresponsible and you have no responsibilities. Not really. Uh, so it's, it's a really great time. And then after that, you got to go to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Bradley basketball, the Bradley Braves. I mean, I remember him uh, very well, you know, back in those days. And, again, he led the country in scoring. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's that's what kind of player he was. Yeah. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. We'll talk about some of these games on the board, get caught up to date on all of the March Madness tournaments, especially here in Vegas. T.C. Martin, Big Bill Cartwright with you on this Wild Wednesday edition. around your door and more of what you're looking for with the Dr. T.C. Martin.
March Madness. We're smack dab in the middle of it. You gotta love it. Not just the Vegas tournaments, but everything else going on as well, too. And the big boys coming to play starting tomorrow. And uh, the automatic bids come rolling in. Selection Sunday happening on Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. So we look forward to that. The brackets will be out. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll have a contest going. We look forward to that. And then, yes, the field of 68 set in uh, March Madness. The big dance. Final four. New Orleans. Big Bill Cartwright in the house. What do you what do you what do you want to say, Big Bill? What do you what are you saying? The the big boys are rolling in. What big boys? What big boys are you talking about? Oh, I know what you're gonna say. We just got the number one team in the country here, so what are you talking about? I'm talking about when you get to the conferences that are playing this weekend. Yeah. Okay, you got the Rudy Poos that are playing Rudy yesterday Poos. and today. You know, you got the eleven, the twelve seeds in the ACC and the big twelves and all that stuff. I'm saying so the big boys, the people, the the top four seeds, okay, they're gonna start playing, you know, tomorrow. In Friday. Well, I'm you know sure, what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. I'm sure, you know, those other schools uh, would love to have a chat with you about uh, <laughs> the big boys rolling in. So I'm just saying. Just so you know. You understand what I'm saying, though. You do get it. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, I, this is leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a little bit different, you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament and we're talking about these 12 seeds, knocking off a 5 seed or whatever, but... You just, that really doesn't hit until the bracket is set for the NCAA tournament. I say for these conference tournaments, you know, for the most part, these you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven seeds in the conference tournaments, you know, they got no shot. Well, you never know. That's, that's why you play the games. Yeah. You know, on, on occasion, every every year, every other year, it does happen. Mm-hmm. You have a big upset, uh, maybe injury, maybe sickness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe sheer luck. Yeah. Um, but it is possible. Well, we had one of those today, believe it or not, in the ACC, where uh, Wake Forest went down today as the five seed to, to Boston College. So uh, maybe you're onto something there. There it is. Yeah, but, what do you mean that happens every year? Yeah. Every single year that well, happens. Well, in the tournament itself, in the NCAA tournament, I'm talking about the conference tournament. The conference tournament, it yeah. happens all the time. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So right. wait, TC, are you saying that like Ryder and Iona aren't? A big, big, big guys. No big fish. He, he, he did so disrespectful. No, they're in their tournament right now. So their their format's a little bit different. Yeah. they're planned. So Iona's the one, and Ryder's the eight. So I, I so, so I, Ryder's I, not the big fish. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can tell me Ryder's beating Iona right now. Is that what you're going to tell me? No. Starts at four. Yeah. Starts. Okay. So. You guys are getting me sidetracked. Let's go to let's go to our expert on the other side of the counter, Chuck Esposito, the basketball guru. What's going on, my friend? Help me out here, Chuck. I'm good, TC, but I agree a little bit with Bill. You know, you saw Stanford beat ASU today. You saw Boston College beat Wake Forest. I mean, it happens up and down. It's always, you know, there's, there's a ton of Cinderella stories that happen every year in the conference tournament that will kind of shake up the committee with somebody winning a tournament um, and, and causing them to make some tough decisions. But it's fun for us, guys. I mean, five conference tournaments out here uh, on the cusp of the selection Sunday. And then by this time next week, it will be crazy in all of our race and sports books industry-wide. Yeah, we can't uh, wait, Chuck. We know that uh, you got the games going right now. I'm looking forward to it. And let's talk a little bit about what's happening here in Vegas. So we, Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's. And, and unfortunately for Bill, his USF team uh, fell uh, to Gonzaga. But uh, if, if, if you're making the tournament field right now, Chuck Esposito, do you have the Dons in the tournament? 
Well, first I want to say is that they covered the other night, which was huge <laughs> for our side of the counter. So uh, for us, it's not necessarily just winning the game. It's, it's uh, you know, if you need the favorite, you want them to cover. If you need the dog, you want them to cover. And we were huge Don fans that night. So it was a uh, a nice late cover for us. Uh, that back door swung open, and it was pretty good for our side of the counter. All right. And then also, uh, you know, last night with uh, Gonzaga beating St. Mary's, where did that line close at, Chuck? I know it was right around 30. 13 and the game ended on 13 where was that action at i think it closed at 12 and a half last night tc did this see a little bit of of dog money show um you know there's so many games that are going on right now and so many things that kind of are are dumping into each sport and in each game so when you get towards the end of the night there's a lot of live stuff that's kind of going into uh what's left from all other sports but uh conference tournaments have been good as i mentioned we just kind of you know, uh, scratch the surface so far with the games, and uh, you look forward to the you know some of the Big Twelve games to, uh, Friday night when you've got the semifinal games at, at eight and eight or six uh, and eight thirty. Um, it's just been fun. The, the new arena, the uh, with the with the tournaments out here in the new arena as well. Big West has been great. Um, five conference tournaments is crazy to have in our own backyard. No doubt. All right, Chuck, uh, future money. Have you seen any future money come in on uh, the Rebels here for the Mountain West Conference? As the, they're in the 4-5 game coming up tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, we always do, TC, as we've kind of talked about. You know, I mean, when it, it doesn't matter if it's, the, if it's the Aces, if it's the Knights, if it's the Raiders, if it's uh, UNLV. You're always going to see some local bias towards that. And we've clearly seen some of that on the Rebels, not only to you know to win their conference tournament, but even to win the national championship, which we know is uh, uh, you know they'd have to make an unbelievable run. But you still have some liability on that, just from a fan's perspective. Yeah. Chuck Esposito joins us from over at uh, Red Rock. Uh, Chuck, when you're looking at future bets for the NCAA tournament, um, tell us uh, where some money's been coming in. Have you made had to make any adjustments? I think, you know, we have, TC, we're always making adjustments. We're always looking at, you know, each school and seeing how the money's rolling in. I think there is a tremendous amount of parity this year. I think when you look at, you know, kind of the teams that, that right now, uh, you, you saw a lot of money come in on Duke. There's some liability, kind of the, the, the sentimental choice. Uh, same thing, a lot of money coming in on UCLA. I think if you look for some value teams, though, look at a team like Tennessee, who, you know, has really been good at home this year and beat some of the big boys up at home. Um, you know, so I think Wisconsin has played well late in the season, Arkansas. Um, there's, I think we had five different number ones this year. You've probably had over 50 teams that circled into the top 15 this year. Uh, a lot of parity, and as I heard you guys talk about a little bit earlier, you know, a lot of it's that some of the, you know, the, the blue bloods, the big schools have kids that are that are pretty much one and done. And a lot of these smaller schools, you've got kids that have been together for two, three, four years. And I think you see the the tournament as a whole. You used to see numbers in the, in the high twenties, even you know, in the thirties or high thirties during those, that first Thursday, Friday. You don't see that anymore. You see a lot more games that are single digits. Sometimes it's hard pressed to find a game in the 20s. Um, so I think from a parity perspective, the gap has really closed because of so many of these kids being one and done. And again, smaller schools kids being together for a lot longer. No, that's a great point, Chuck. And I, and I was just thinking about that earlier today. It's just the, the days are gone where you have these, these huge favorites anymore because it just seems like maybe the reason is because it's parody or we're used to so many upsets or, you know, the, the line is lowered. I mean, we would, you never see these top seeds anymore. I mean, it's rare. I mean, 
if you get like a one versus a you know a, a 68 or a 64, yeah, you're going to maybe see a 23 or 24. But for a lot of these, you know, three fourteen matchups or thirteen four matchups or the five twelves, I mean, th- a lot of times these are are six, seven, eight point you know favorites. Where you know going back maybe ten years or so ago, I mean, those numbers would be like fifteen or sixteen. I think a lot of it, TC, too, is you just watch um, everything that you can on the tournament and everything that you can read and listen, and they talk about kind of, um, you know, styles of play and matchups. And you'll hear them say that, you know, a certain smaller school is going to give this school a lot of trouble because of the style of play that they have. Um, but for me, again, it really goes back to the fact that uh, there, there's just a lot more parity. And, I mean, you think about days when, you know, Jordan was there for three years and Worthy and how many years Ewing and, and, and Iverson and all these guys played at the collegiate level before they turned pro. You just don't see that anymore for the most part from some of these big schools. I mean, these kids are moving in and out pretty quickly. I mean, they're ready for the next level. I totally get it. But you're not building those super teams like you've had in the past where everybody looks at going into the season like this school is going to be, you know, special. I think maybe that's the case a little bit for Gonzaga, but they still haven't won a national championship yet. And I think you just don't have that like you did, say, a decade or longer ago. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock. And, uh, Chuck, let's talk a little bit about the Pac-12 tournament here. It looks like, uh, you know, Arizona, UCLA, if you look at the brackets. But we know they, especially the Pac-12, they've never really kind of played out like that. There's always been an upset. And we've seen, you know, teams like Oregon State or USC. And then we saw UCLA, you know, make that, that deep run into the tournament, you know, last year. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, about the Pac-12? And uh, is there a, a sleeper team in your opinion there? I don't know about a sleeper team. I mean, I think we know how good Arizona is. I think you could make a, a serious case that, uh, you know, them and Gonzaga are, we know that they're two of the best teams in the country. And I think it just kind of depends on how the committee seeds them. You know, who's ultimately going to be the number one seed in the West and where does the other school get sent to? Um, but Arizona is awfully good. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we saw an upset today uh, with Stanford, who trailed by 17 and by 14, you know, at the three-minute mark and was able to come back and win that game today against Arizona State. Yeah, what a comeback. We touched on that uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, UCLA, uh, they're a little bit banged up right now. Uh, but, you know, when we talk about, like, the sleepers or, or these teams that we've seen come out of the Pac-12, I mean, Washington State could be one of those teams. They ended the season on a, on a real nice run here. Um, you just you just never know. You know, thinking about that underdog, uh, you know, scenario, Arizona State uh, is a team that looked uh, dreadful. They came on towards the end, but you know, their season came to a, a crashing halt today. And who knows what you're going to get with, with Oregon as well, too. I mean, as an Oregon team, we thought they would be, you know, a top 10, top 15 team uh, – at the beginning of the season, and this team is is really fall flat. So, yeah, some some other thoughts with some of these other teams. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that they do like Oregon. Somebody actually told me today that they think they're uh, you know they're they're a sleeper team and that they'll do really well in the tournament. I think you know it just depends on who kind of gets hot and pulls it all together at the right time. That's what makes these conference tournaments so great, and that's what makes next week so great, TC. I think, you know, you could be a $10 better or a $10,000 better, but when you've got that, you know, kind of David against Goliath game and that Cinderella story, and it's obvious that, you know, Goliath isn't going to cover in that game and that, you know, David is live and well, the Cinderella story is kicking off, you can just feel an added kind of 
excitement, buzz, hype in the room. I mean, it's contagious throughout the casino. We're not only going to be showing the games in the Racing Sportsbook, we're going to be showing them in, in Rock's Lounge, in the Lucky Bar, even the Bowling Center. I mean, you find someplace that has TVs on the property, uh, it's going to be tuned into the college basketball tournament, and uh, we really become, you know, basketball-centric. I don't think there's a better seat than any one of our sports books, which you could say is, you know, center court uh, to watch all the action this week and, of course, next week as well. No, no doubt about about it, Chuck. Uh, great stuff. Okay, get the STN mobile app and uh, get ready to, to roll. Uh, real quick, uh, plug away, my friend. Uh, you just mentioned all of the spots that uh, at all your properties that you can watch the games. Uh, uh, last man standing contest, that's going to be going on as well, too, correct? Yep, yeah, sign up for the STN mobile app right now. We, you know, we love it when guests come out and enjoy everything we have to offer. But uh, STN Sports, it really brings the sports book to you. You can even sit in the book or around the property and place your wagers. We have up to that $500 bonus going on right now. And get signed up for Last Man Standing. It's winner take all. Format is just like the tournament. You win, you move on. It's one of our signature contests. Uh, really, really popular. Get signed up today. And, and, again, the deadline's been pushed back. It used to be on that first Thursday at 9 a.m. It's now 5 p.m. on Thursday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. All right, look forward to it. All right, Chuck, uh, be good, and we'll talk to you during the course of the tourney. All right, guys, have a great one. Thank you. There he is. Chuck Esposito does a fantastic job over at Red Rock. And, again, uh, dialed into to all sports, so just not one of those figureheads over there. Chuck uh, is a Chicago guy. As well, too. And he loves his uh, Chicago sports, uh, all of them. All right, uh, Big Bill Cartwright in the house. Uh, join us here today. Uh, join us on Friday as well, too, at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Of course, our Friday home. Big Bill and I will be on the broadcast for the Big West uh, tournament on uh, Sirius XM. So uh, you looking forward to this, man, as we're going to dive into the quarterfinals of the uh, men's action uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, it's going to be fun. And look, <laughs> this is um, a special time. It, it You've been waiting for it all year. Um, for those teams um, who are maybe struggling early and, and don't have the the best record, then they're not, and they didn't win their conference. It gives them a second chance to to you know get get into the big dance. So it's every game is really special. You're going to see a great effort out of everybody. Uh, the coaches are going to be uh, on fire, uh, using their best strategy to try to win games. So. Uh, I've I played a lot of these games. Um, we had great season records. Unfortunately, we did not do as well as expected during, during this period of time. Uh, so for, for me, those thoughts are a nightmare. But uh, it uh, it does bring out your best basketball. So I'm looking forward to it. I've never done it before. Um I'm, I'm I'm hoping to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> with, you better, you better my, be quick, man. With with my partner, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, it's 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 all new for me. And as you know, I like to expand my mind and, and do different things. So this is going to be awesome. All right, looking forward to that. Uh, Bill and I will be at the Big West uh, tournament. Uh, I was there last night, and he'll be joining me uh, tomorrow night as we do uh, have the Big West uh, quarterfinals. Uh, coming up on Thursday at Dollar Loan Center, Friday the semifinals championship game on on Saturday night. Uh, the brand spank a new eighty four million dollar Dollar Loan Center. Uh, really looking forward to that. Real quick, I know uh, just completed the WCC here and everything. Gonzaga beat St. Mary's. Uh, you saw Gonzaga probably more than anybody this uh, year. Quick thoughts on the Zags? Do they have what it takes to cut the nets down? Gonzaga's just good. They they you know they got 
great starting lineup. Um, every single starter is, uh, you know, can really score. Um, the only thing that hurts them, and it's going to hurt them this year too, is that uh, in a lot of the uh, screen roll action, I really hope they don't switch this year because last year in the championship game they got their ass kicked. So um, they just have to play really solid D because their their guards are really good and their their bench is really good. So um, uh, defensively, is going to be their their weak spot. Think they're as good as last year's team? Probably not, huh? I think they're as, they're as solid. They're just really solid. They're, they're not going to beat themselves. And also, uh, you've got to get them into a half court game because they are a wave in transition. They are jets flying up and down the floor, all five guys. So uh, if you get them into the half court, uh, if you can force them to switch, uh, their bigs can get beat, uh, which is what happened last year. So. Uh, they're really good. They're really well coached. Uh, they're, they're just not going to make any mistakes. So, uh, just like anything, just like boxing, you know, they're 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 the champs. You get a decision to champ. You got to knock them out. How many teams out of your conference do you think gets to the tournament? And is your Don's one of them? Um, I am extraordinarily optimistic that Don's get in. So okay, it looks like, smile uh, on his face. Yeah, it looks like four teams for us. Yeah. You definitely feel that you guys are, are are in the tournament. You've done enough. I mean, the non-conference wins were huge. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, guys have been excited about us all year, and I think that we've done the right thing and worked really hard and put ourselves in. You know, we never had two bad losses. We always rebounded, came back, came back tough, fought hard. Uh, when we played in um, um, in Phoenix and we lost to Grand Canyon and came out and beat Arizona State, mm-hmm. Um, which I I thought, man, there's no way they're going to be down. They came right back, bounced back, and then and that was the first game. loss of the season for you guys, the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, that was yeah. a tough. So yeah. we felt like we were really good going in that game, uh, but we we bounced right back in a tough, tough situation, and uh, just definitely earned that win. So uh, our our coach Todd Todd Golden has done a great job. Um, of holding those guys together, of keeping those guys healthy all year, that's um, that's that's really incredible. So I'm just really proud of the guys, the the job those guys have done. And your big man, he did get hurt in that semifinal game uh, as well, too. Yeah, he got hurt, but we still bounced back, and you know we could have knuckled in, but but our guys, our guys just fight. You know, if, if nothing else, you know, I'm really proud of those guys. They'll they'll put their nose in there. And uh, our our little guy Shabazz, he could get a broken nose like an old injury, <laughs> and his nose broke and came back. Just snapped that thing back, put a mask on and played. Now that's that's not modern day basketball. That's yeah. that's old time. That gets my respect. Yeah, Bouye and Shabazz, they can they can light it up, man. When they're going, you're right. Shabazz, you know, got the broken nose against uh, St. Mary's, right? And then uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of admiration for those guys. You know, it's. Actually, it was the Gonzaga. I take it back. It was the Gonzaga game when at USF when he broke the nose. Doesn't every isn't that what sports is all about? It's you know, there's going to be times where you don't shoot well and and maybe you can't stop your opponent, but if you can watch a game and just see pure-hearted effort, their best effort. That's what that's what sports is all about. So 
Uh, that's why I, I have a lot of respect for these guys. All right, March Madness, it's all about the little guy. It's all about these small teams and pulling the upsets. We look forward to that. How about this story, my friend? All right. You ever heard of Bellarmine? And I'm not talking about Bellarmine out of the Bay Area, you know, high school. I'm talking about Bellarmine College. Yeah, that's a new college, right? Yeah, in Louisville. Yeah. Okay. So they defeated Jacksonville in the Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament Final. How about that? Mm-hmm. Bellarmine. They, yeah. they win the conference tournament. They're jumping up and down. They're excited. However, they don't get a chance to go to the NCAA Tournament. No. You're looking at me exactly. Right? What, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. They don't get the automatic bid. Jacksonville State gets it. Now, there's Jacksonville and there's Jacksonville State. Bellarmine won the conference tournament, went undefeated. But Bellarmine is not eligible for the NCAA tournament because they're in the second year of being Division One, And the NCAA has this rule that you have to play four years in D1 to be eligible. Bellarmine is the first men's team in the past 25 years to win its conference tournament while being ineligible for the postseason. What do you think of this? Well, once again, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to try to make sense out of nonsense. So I'm just going to leave it at that. That's preposterous. It is, right? I mean, why should there be this grace period? Oh, we'll go ahead and let you play in our conference, but you're not eligible. Don't win. Don't don't win the conference. Don't win the conference tournament. (laughs) But you can play. So we have that in the Big West as well, too. So what you see San Diego joined this conference. And if you look at the conference standings, they have no they have no record. They have no record. I saw that. Even though they played. So I looked at this, I go, oh what they got hit by COVID because we know Davis lost eight games due to COVID. And go, oh no, no, they're just not eligible. Like, what do you mean they're not eligible? Well, they you know, they've they gotta sit out two more years, you know. They're not eligible, so they're not even in the tournament. Why, why are they playing? I don't know. Now, if you're Bellarmine, they let Bellarmine play in the tournament, and Bellarmine wins the tournament. So there is no consistency whatsoever. I feel like this is Tuesday. This is definitely Terrible Tuesday. It makes zero sense. Please explain this to me. You're just going to have to bring it back for Terrible Tuesday. Yeah. There, you know, Once again, it's just like anything else where you see something horrendous or something just really preposterous. And it it happens, and somehow we try to justify it or explain it. Uh, There's no explaining it. It's just insanity. Nonsense. So you know who gets to go to the tournament? So obviously, Bellarmine doesn't get a chance to go. The team they beat for the championship, which was Jacksonville, they don't get a chance to go. But no, Jacksonville State, who lost 54-51 to Jacksonville, they're going. Why? Because they were the number one seeded team. Number one seeded team gets knocked out. They're still going to the tournament. And the winner of the tournament, not even eligible. That's even worse. Exactly. So we, we get a double shot. Yeah. So not only does the team that won the, won the conference, he's not going to go. The right. team that was second. Not even going. He's not. They're not going. Right. The team that's third. Forget it. Wow. Team that got eliminated. Eliminated. Early. They're going. 
can't. There, there is no explanation. <laughs> no, that's. Um, what is wrong with what is wrong with the NCAA? I just don't get it. If you're going to allow someone, in, that's like saying, let's take an expansion team in Major League Baseball or anywhere, right? It's like, okay, we're going to let you play, but oh, you you qualify for the playoffs or well, no, you can't win, or we'll let you play and then we're going to take it away afterwards. It is just completely insane. Why should there be a grace period? What is what is the purpose? I mean, you're in college athletics. What is the purpose of a grace period? Who who does that help? I would love to be in a lot of these meetings when somebody comes to the, uh, to make a suggestion. Hey, there should be a grace period <laughs> if we're going to switch conferences. There's got to be a grace period. Uh, oh yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's, I mean, you let's, know, let's have a grace period, right? Oh, we had that with Numchuck. You know, we, we didn't allow him, you know, to get on the microphone because you know we didn't know what he would say, and he was ineligible for a long time. So finally, we he passed the grace period. He passed. Now I'm on the mic. Yeah, whenever I want. Yeah, it's shaky, isn't it? It's shaky. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go back. Let's, let's am go. I am I going to say something? Let's go, Bellerman. I might just go, mother. Right, let's go, Bellerman. We'll call you Bellerman from now on. <laughs> I still want you to get Dusty on here and talk about the infield fly roll. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and still talk about why we can't throw three balls. We got a point now and four fingers and yeah. walk to first base. Yeah, we got to do that. Does that take up too much time? Oh, I guess so, right? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Who was in that meeting? Was he in there? Yeah. Unbelievable, dude. What do you got for me, Chuck? MLB just canceled two more series. That's right. The MLB canceled two more series. Two more. Gone. Let's see. We went from 162 down to 160. Now two more. We're down 144 games right now, my friend. 144. Doesn't that cost somebody money? It's costing everybody money. Doesn't that cost players money? We lose games. Players don't get paid. Absolutely correct. It costs them money. Cost Uh, owners money. No revenue, right? Don't the owners, um, because they don't have to pay... The, the the contracts don't they save money? The, that's why if you're an owner, even though you're not getting that revenue, you'd probably you'd probably be happy that you're not having to you know pay out these big contracts, huge but, contracts. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll continue to follow that. Back at it again tomorrow at two o'clock. Seven footer, you got you got the open invitation while you're here. You know that man. You know we look forward to seeing you Friday at the Cosmopolitan and uh, you know. Come on by tomorrow. You got the open invitation. Yeah, well, I'm very excited now. I got some. I got some twisted music to go by. Yeah, there you go. We're sending out without. Keep it moving. <laughs> Let's have a twist contest up in here. That's it. Up in here. Let's have a twist contest. I want to thank B.J. Armstrong. He wouldn't be in the twist contest. We Percy Hawkins. Back. He wouldn't be in the twist contest. Percy may do it though. Chuck Esposito. Eh, maybe. Who knows what? But Bill Cartwright. He's going to dominate that twist contest. Just like John Travolta did with Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, 1994. That's what I'm talking about. All right, I want to thank everybody. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website. Check out the classic stuff with Bill and BJ reminiscing, talking music, talking everything else that we had on today's show. That and a whole lot more. It's on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. We're back at it again tomorrow at 2 o'clock.